had a uh, Memorial Day message that I'd studied, and uh, I just sat down yesterday and was just going to try to study a little more, and I just could not. God kept bringing me back to the message um, that I'd had for last Sunday. I feel like that's what God's got me to preach this morning. Um, so probably in, in line of a series of messages, including maybe a Memorial Day message next week, <laughs> maybe. Um, but thankful to be here nonetheless. Thankful for friend Kevin Boone being here this morning. I uh, met with uh, Kevin a while back and got to know him a little bit, and it's been just a blessing to know him. Um, he probably thinks I've ghosted him every time I, uh, <laughs> he's invited me to do a few things since then, and something's always come up. But thankful for him being here this morning and uh, just thankful to be in God's house. Um, so let's look if you will, over into, uh, let's see, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, for the reading of God's Word this morning, 2 Timothy, chapter number 3. Before we begin, I would like to talk for just a second about Memorial Day, and uh, a quote that I'd read says, Those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. The series of messages I believe God has for me to start this morning is called a falling nation, a falling nation. I believe we are seeing the falling away, the turning away from God. I believe we are living in the end times as we've been living in for thousands of years now, but I believe things are coming to a head. And I can't promise you that it will be in 80 years or 8 minutes or 8 hours, but I can promise you that God is going to send Jesus to come back to this earth, to rapture the church out, Amen. to take us home. I believe it's going to happen. Yeah. I may never see it. I might be 81 like my Papa Glenn and die and, and go by the way of the grave. I may be taken out of here with all of you by the time we end this service. That'd be great. Amen. But we are seeing those last days. We are seeing a falling away. And I hate, I, I, well, excuse me, I don't, I don't hate, but I, I despise the fact that I have to stand up here on a Memorial Day uh, uh, Sunday and, and to consider all that God's done for our country and talk about a falling nation. Okay. It grieves my soul that I have to stand before you and rather to take time and say, well, let's remember those that have died to sacrifice for the great things we have today. Let's remember those that, that, that have, have gone on before at a young age uh, and laid down their very lives that we might have the freedom we have today. Now, we should still honor that, but I believe that we are, while we are honoring what they've done, there's a lot of people walking in our streets, living in the houses and the homes up and down these roads, in these cities and towns, that don't want anything to do with what men have died for in days gone by. It's a shame, and to think, and that quote, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. We are, and, and the question is this morning, are we living in perilous times? Are we living in perilous times? Second Timothy 3, verse number 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I don't know if there's another verse in the Bible that can explain America in 2021 than verse number five. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. There, there are people that they'll wave the Christian flag, they'll wave the American flag, they'll stand, say we stand on the truths of, of God building up America, God creating this great nation. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, I'm this, that, the other, but they, they don't live like it. They don't act like it. They don't seem to have that conviction of that. Having the form of godliness, sounding like they're a Christian, sounding like they're uh, a believer in, in Christ, a believer of the word, but they, they deny the power. They won't let God move through them. Uh, that, that's, uh, I believe, a wonderful picture of these perilous times that we're seeing uh, today. Verse number six, it says, for, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. Now, I want to take just a few moments this morning and, and, and ask this question. Are we living in perilous times? I believe we can look in these scriptures and see that we are truly living in the days of this, of this scripture right here. And, and in some sense, I believe uh, Paul was, was uh, living in those days as well. Uh, Paul was looking for the return of Christ in his day. Uh, as Papa mentioned on Thursday, he mentioned that in, in, in the funeral uh, message that he preached. Paul was even looking for the return of Christ in his day, and we should always be. Uh, the return of Christ is such as the life of a human being. My little boy Riley, he's, he's eight months old, be nine months old pretty soon. And I love him to death, and I hate to think that, that there would be a day that will come to him where death will knock on his door. But from the moment he was born, he began to die. He's flesh. He's human. I've been doing it for 25 years. Some of, some of you have been doing it for 50 years, a little longer. Uh, you've been dying for all this time. Such is the same with the return of Christ. From the moment Christ ascended to heaven and left his spirit here to bear witness with us, this old earth, it's been winding down. The clock's been ticking. It's been coming to an end. It's been closing. It's been the end days since Christ ascended to heaven. But I believe we are evident, we can evidently see some changes going on in our world today that show us the picture of these perilous times. And, and I think first we would, be, uh, we would be amiss to not think about first the culture that we're living in. Uh, Matthew, uh, well, Papaw shared this with me, actually, Warren Wiersbe, uh, in his commentary on this scripture, he says, self-love will be the hallmark of the last days. Self-love will be the hallmark of the last days. I, I believe if there's anything that is keeping people away from serving God and living for God as they need to, it is self-love. Uh, we are living in a society of you just take care of yourself. Uh, you, you take care of yourself first. You need some self-time. You need some self-reflection uh, uh, or self-whatever it need, need is. And, and I believe we need to work on ourselves because how do we expect to win the world uh, for Christ if we don't try to develop and grow ourselves at home? Uh, but, but I'm afraid a lot of people aren't at home uh, trying to grow themselves in God's Word. I believe they're focused upon growing themselves in their wealth and their riches and their possessions of this world and their prestige of the world. And their self-love is what is clearly showing us that, hey, this thing's winding down. Because more and more people, church people, pastors, people in pews, people doing whatever, they are doing nothing besides trying to gratify and build up themselves. And that's dangerous. And so as these verses say, it says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, 
disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Can that, does that not explain what we're seeing today in the culture that we're living in? Now, first, there's a, a few things about the spirit of the last days that I want to point out to you. And I believe first we see a spirit of selfishness a spirit of selfishness when it's talking about men being lovers of them own selves. They're covetous, they're boasters, they're proud, they're blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. There is a spirit of selfishness that has taken hold in the majority of our culture today. And that's why people, many people today don't wake up today thinking, you know what, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is this Memorial Day weekend. I want to think about the sacrifices made of people before me. I'm going to think about what someone, how someone's laid down their life that I might have the freedom I have today. Uh, people are not thinking about that this morning. They're thinking about, well, where we're going to go cook out at, where we're going to go do this, that, at, where we're going to, where we got to go. I got to go here. I got to go there. It's, it's self-obsessed selfishness that is a mark of the last days. Yeah. These boasters, look at what I've got. Look at what I've achieved. Yesterday we were working in the hay. It all worked out. We, we didn't get started on our hay. We needed to, but we didn't get started on our hay. Our hay baler was uh, stuck in the, in the shop a little bit longer than we expected, but it worked out that it, it, we didn't get it back. And uh, we've been able to take this week and, and really just be with our family. Well, I was working out there yesterday, and I was thinking, of the land and the, the equipment and all this stuff, I was thinking, man, Papa left a lot behind. There's a lot left behind here. But he gained so much. You know, we can boast upon the things we have in this world. Look at what all I've got. I've got all this land. I've got all this that I own. I've got all this in front of me. You know what? There's coming a day when your heart stops beating. None of that matters any longer. You don't take it with you. It stays here. He left a lot here. But man, he gained so much. Amen. What he left here, it's going to burn up one day. One day it'll come down to me and my brother. One day it'll go down to Riley and my brother's children, Lord willing. I'll die. They'll die. Their kids will die. It's just stuff. It's just things. Why, why would I want to be a boaster? Why would I want to be selfish? And, and look, at, look at me. Look at all I have. Look at all I've amassed. Look at all I've got. Because there's a moment they're going to put me in the ground. Won't make a difference then. This selfish attitude of look at what, look at me, look at me, look at me. Social media has given a voice to everybody. People that grew up with absolutely nothing that used to, you didn't hear a word from them. Now they've got somewhere to brag about the stuff they've got. Yeah. Got to be careful about this stuff. It's a spirit of selfishness that we see in our culture. They're proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. My goodness. Is that not just so evident and clear today? Honor your father and your mother. That's been forgotten. A lot of parents aren't worth honoring anymore anyway. But the spirit of disobedience, unthankful. You give somebody a million dollars these days and they, they won't mean it. Th thank you so much. Thank you so much. Never hear another word from them. I think you could give somebody... Uh, give somebody about anything and people just aren't thankful for stuff anymore and they're unholy people just they don't live holy say well this is doom and gloom but look at the culture we're living in that's the sign that we're living in the last days that's the sign that these perilous times they're upon us and that word perilous is also 
is 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 also means difficult times. These times may go on for a long time. They've been going on for a while. <laughs> they may go on for the next 80 years. I don't know. Matthew Henry says, Men love to gratify their own lusts more than to please God and do their duty. He also said, When men do not fear God, they, do not, they will not regard man. Is that not so evident and true in that spirit of selfishness? People don't regard God. They're not going to regard you. They don't care for him. They don't care for you. They don't care for your family. That spirit of selfishness is so evident these days. Verse number three, it says, Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. There's also a spirit of shrewdness. Shrewdness. You know what that means? In essence, I don't, I don't really care. Rough, blunt. That's one thing to be blunt. You can be blunt and still care. I think it's good to be spiritually and, and biblically honest and blunt about things, but you can be blunt and still care. We're living in a society, they just don't care. I see these people, uh, videos of these people getting, I mean, curb stomped on a street somewhere and somebody's standing there videoing it. I'm thinking, you... Nim wet, why are you letting somebody get beat down? You're standing there videoing them getting beat down, not taking any action. I'm not saying I would be perfect in every situation, but my goodness, I'd like to think I'd jump in there and try to stop somebody from getting beat to death. That's the spirit of shrewdness we're seeing these days. Without natural affection. That's stuck with me for the past couple weeks. You show somebody Christian love and people look at you like you're crazy. Like, why, why would you do that? Hold a door for somebody. And it's like, thank you so much. People just don't have natural affection anymore. They don't even seem to just care about the little things. I was born in the wrong day, I'm telling you. They were truce breakers. Make a deal with somebody. and I can't tell you how. I despise quoting rates on CDs for people. I quote a rate and I can say, today... Whatever today's date is, the 29th, the rate is point zero 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 one is what it feels like on a CD. Come by a month later. Well, you quoted me that rate. Sir, it's been a month later. You've waited a month. You've been slumbering and waiting to get out here, and you've waited a month, and I'm not going to be able to give you the same rate. Well, you're a liar. No, I told you a month ago what it was going to be. Now, if you didn't come, it could change. But people just, they're not honest in their business dealings. They're not honest in their relationships. They're not honest with their word. So they'll cut, undercut mine. They don't care to. I can't stand that. But the Bible tells us we're going to be dealing with some truce breakers. Not only with me and you, but with God. They come up here, get in the altar. Lord, I'm going to live a better life. Lord, I'm going to change. Lord, I'm going to do something different. You see them, they don't stick to it. Thankful we're covered by the blood. It's not a works-based salvation. But there's people that tell you, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll, I'll serve God to tell them the Lord himself. I always heard my old preacher, he always said, be careful what, what uh, promises you make to God. You're not 100% sure you'll be able to keep every one of them. Truce breakers. False accusers. 
Like I said, people accuse me of lying. We just print out a sheet, disclosure sheet, and let them deal with that. That's legal battle if they want to fight that. But that's the way we've got to be. You go do business. My brother's thinking about getting a business started up. We talk to people and we hear horror stories about other people and grading business and stuff like that. Hear horror stories of people not getting paid for doing their work. I told my brother, I was like, we're going to have to draw contracts up. Go cut a tree down. We're going to have to draw contracts up to go work for somebody. Because people, they're, they're truce breakers. They're false accusers. Now, there's some hope. i got some hope in here here in a minute. I promise. It's all looking down, but this is the scripture. Amen. Incontinent, that means without self-control. People just can't help themselves. They're fierce. They're despisers of those that are good. People see you and they know you go to church and they just, they don't like you for it. They don't like, they drive by the church. They don't have any regard for it. They don't have regard for the people in it. That's the spirit of shrewdness in the day we're living in. Verse number four, it says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. We've got a spirit of self-worth. Those traitors, the heady and the high-minded, they forget the price that was paid for them. That could be applied, especially spiritually, by Christ. But even as a nation, people, one thing my, my dad always tried to teach me about being a good citizen is when you're a good citizen, you're honoring those that have served our country to offer us the freedom we have. Sure. When you're a good citizen and you try to do right, you may not agree with every single thing. You may not agree with having to pay this tax or do this or do that, you're, but you're honoring your country. You're honoring those that have served. And those that would disregard that, in essence, they're a traitor of that. They're high-minded. They believe they're above it. Such is the same with the church. To live for Christ, to live, live according to his word, I'm honoring him in that. Lord, I realize the price you've paid. I realize that you came down upon this earth. You made yourself like me. You were tempted in all ways like me. You were nailed to a cross, died a, a horrible death for me. I'm a traitor to him when I don't live to honor that. But we're in this, we live in a spirit of self-worth. What's most convenient for me? What makes me feel this good? The spirit of the last days proves to me that we're living in those perilous times. Just look at the culture. Look at the spirit of the culture. But next and I don't have much left, but I believe I've shared what God has for me to share. Verse number six, it says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with lusts, or laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at the home. Look at the culture, and then look at the home. First, in the destruction of the home, there's a slow fade in the home. For of this sort are they which creep into houses. It's also in the Aramaic text, it says there's a word, I was reading a word that signifies a weasel creeping in. 
There's a slow fade in the home. Sin just steadily creeps in, creeps in, creeps in, creeps in. Then it takes over. Then it has control. That's the beginning of the destruction of the home. Take 50, you go 50, 60 years ago. You start to really see that in American culture. The spirit you see in the 60s, the 70s, that was the beginning of that turning away. People began to discover themselves and learn about themselves. and All this other mess that hogwash sold to people. People blame my generation, but we're just a product of what's been going on for the past 40, 50 years. I was thinking about a story a guy knew. He served in, in uh, the Marine Corps during Vietnam. And as he began to return back home, they told him, you better take your uniform off. Because when you get off, a plane, off the plane, you probably won't be welcomed. That spirit of just people don't care. People don't understand. I don't understand fully, but I want to respect someone like that. But that spirit, that culture that began to, those seeds that were sown 40 and 50 years ago, the fruit's being bore now. And look where we're at. It's been a slow fade. People care less and less and less each day. The fact that I, well, I can't be proud, I can't be proud to serve my country. Well, look at us today. How many of us, in a spiritual sense, we go to work and we take our spiritual uniform off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many of us, we go out in the world, well, we're going to go to this restaurant and take my spiritual uniform off. Mm-hmm. You know what that signified for him as he got off that plane, that uniform? Yeah. That signified his service. Mm-hmm. That signified who he was, mm-hmm. who he identified with. But that slow fade in the home. Well, I'm going to go see this family, and they just they get mad about religion. Mm-hmm. Take that off. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be marked and seen by that. That slow fade, it creates destruction in the home. It creeps into the houses. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins. There's not only a slow fade in the home, but there are unequally yoked leaders in the home. These men that are of the sword in the scriptures from verse 2 to 5 align themselves with silly women laden with sins. How do we expect that relationship to bear any fruit? We've got people that don't know God, leading children that won't know God, having children that haven't ever even heard of God, And here we are. And in our country, like I said, you just go back 30, 40, 50 years, and we just see that. Now, I'm not saying there weren't bad people before 1950. There were. Like I said, you hear talk about the good old days, and you hear hear the stories nobody ever talked about. (laughs) You start to realize, man, there's been some bad stuff going on for a long time. That's the nature of the world. But we see this destruction in the home. It comes from, it's that slow fade, sin creeping into the home, and unequally yoked leaders in the home. People not hooked up with the Lord, hooked up together. There's also finally in this verse, Scripture, led away with diverse lusts. 
there is a distracted heart in the home. Even a home trying to serve God, there's still a home distracted by the sin of the world, by things of the world. I talk to people and they say, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I want to I wanna do better. I'm going to do better. And you find there they are in your spiritual walk. There they are laying on the side of the road down in the ditch. What happened? What went wrong? What, what's going on? You know, that sin I was telling you about, I couldn't get rid of it. Couldn't throw it out. I'm not saying I've done that myself. I've got stuff I, I battle with every day. But there's just this distracted heart in the home today. Well, I got to go do this. I got to work. And, and, and hey, we better work. We got to work biblically. But my work is my God. And I'm going to make it my God and I'm going to serve it. And it's going to be my master. There they are in the ditch. But I was doing so good for the Lord. I don't know where it went wrong. Where were your priorities? Well, I've just got to save X amount of dollars and then I'll stop stressing. I'm telling you, you can put money in the bank. Not speaking from experience here. I seem to be always on a shortage. But I, I, I want to put $10,000 in the bank and I'll be fine. Once I can save and get 50000 in the bank, I'll be fine. You can go real big. When I get a million saved, I'll be good. You'll be working your whole life because it'll never be enough if you let money be your God. There's distracted hearts in the home. I don't know why my life left. I don't know why my children have turned away and rebelled against me. I don't know why they, they don't have any natural affection. I don't know why they're not honest in their dealings. I can't understand why they, they despise uh, people. I don't know, I understand, and I can't figure why they don't respect my word. What I tell them to do as a parent. Was your heart distracted in that home? Were you equally yoked with your spouse? Did you let sin slowly creep in? to your relationship, to the way you treated your children? Look at the culture, look at the home, and you'll see we're living in those perilous times. It's so evident. But finally, look at the book. It goes on in verse 8, and it says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly, folly shall, be made, shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Now, I'm going to be as honest as I can be. I try to be transparent with you. I'm going to be honest as I can be. I tried studying Janus and Jambres. I couldn't really find much out there about them. Matter of fact, it, there's a few cross-references back to the book of Exodus. But tradition has kind of created what people believe they were. So I'm just going to say these were people that were thorns of the, in the flesh against Moses. These were people that stood against him. Many believe that they were um, e- Egyptian prophets or Egyptian magicians that stood against Moses. But nonetheless, whatever they were, they were a thorn in the flesh against Moses. We've looked at the culture. We've seen that it's fallen apart. We've looked at the home and it's fallen apart. Look at what the book has to say about it. These people stood against Moses... 
And what this, this scripture is saying, what Paul is telling us here is that these men mentioned here in the first verses of chapter number 3, they're like those men that stood against Moses. They're men of corrupt minds and they're reprobate concerning the face. They've rejected God. But they shall proceed no further. I've got a little hope for you here this morning. They shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Now I'm going to tell you something. And I'm almost done. I promise. They need to put a, something in here. Paul might have should have wrote something about Baptist preachers lying about when they're almost done. Nonetheless... Here it is in front of us. They shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all. We are seeing a culture that's falling. We're seeing a home that's falling. Unfortunately, we're seeing a nation that's on the brink of breaking apart. But we've got people that don't know God, didn't weren't raised to know God, weren't raised to in church, weren't raised to study God's word, and they are hungry for something different than the world. We're, we're living in a fallen nation. People want to cling. This nation will not stand when God comes, when, when Christ returns. It may not stand another year. I don't know. I hope it does. I hope and sincerely pray it does, but we're part of God's kingdom and his family first and foremost. I want it to stand. I want it to stay strong. I'm going to do everything I can to, to try to make that happen. But, but it's important to remember and realize in these last days, I want to preserve this nation, but I, there's a kingdom that we need to try to reach people to bring them into. Yeah. People are hungry for truth. They're hungry for something different. They want something that's not just, the world's not filled them up. Sure. They look at this culture and say, this is so broken. Mm -hmm. They, even of a natural, uh, when people look at our culture and they don't know God and their flesh is telling them that something's wrong, that shows us where we are. They look at the home and say, well, my home life is terrible. My home relationships are awful. I, I, they want something different. We need to offer that to them. And as it says here, their folly shall be manifest unto all men and there, as theirs also was. I believe that the world is seeing the shallowness of the culture. They're seeing the dysfunction in the home. Adam Clark says, Their folly shall be manifest as the scriptures, which are the only rule of morals and doctrine shall ever be preserved. So sooner or later, all false doctrines shall be tried by them and the folly of men. Setting up their wisdom against the wisdom of God, much must become manifest to all. False doctrine cannot prevail long where there are sacred scriptures are read and studied. Error prevails only where the book of God is withheld from the people. What we have to do in these last days is share the word with the people. That's been the most withheld thing from this country. That's been the most withheld thing in the past couple years. Things look bleak after seeing what 2020 looked like, what 2021 looks like. But is it because our great, wonderful political system is failing us? It's failed us since the beginning, just to be honest with you. There's been good men in there in days gone by. But I'm telling you, I don't have any faith in that. 
Is it because our, our social systems are failing us? They've been failing since the beginning. Any social system set up without God in it as first and foremost leader of it is going to fall. I believe we've withheld the word a little too much. Christian people sitting in churches knowing the truth aren't willing to go out and share. We're using COVID as an excuse. Well, when, when this all calms down, we'll go out there and we'll reach people. I tell you what, it'll, we'll, there'll be drive throughs set up at churches before we know it. Come to us. We got the truth right here. Come to us. There's some people that won't do it. There's people in the high. What happened to the highways and the hedges? Churches are going back into their cocoon, boarding the windows up, locking the doors. They don't want to reach people. We're going to have to get a grip as a church, just nationally, internationally. Error prevails only where the book of God is withheld from the people. As long as we withhold it from the world, it's not going to change. And I'm not going to say it's going to ever truly get any better because I believe we are on that downhill slope towards Christ's return. But I tell you what, there's still people that can be saved. And while we have this time and this opportunity, we need to share that with them. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Search ourselves. Search our hearts. What are our intentions? Are we part of this fallen culture? Are we a product of a falling home? Luke 8.13 says, They on the rock are they which... When they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root for which for a, while, for a while believe, and in the time of temptation fall away. A lot of times, though, we've got to be careful with how these things are presented to these people. We've got to be careful on our follow-up. We've got to be careful on our discipleship, that we, we work with these people. There's a lot of people, I, I'm afraid there's a lot of people that the only interactions they get are right here at this altar, right there in their pew, right there at home when they get saved. And nothing else afterwards. And they just fall away. Finally, later on in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's the world we're living in today. Those itching ears. I believe that there's we need to move forward in the church. The church needs to grow. We need to understand that, that, that things change and times change, but we need to also hold on to the fact that this book never changes. The message doesn't change. Don't change it to make someone feel good. Don't change it to make somebody want to be here. Let the Spirit work with them. Finally, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, it says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us unto us by his Son, whom hath he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Too many people are listening for a word from their preacher. Too many people are listening for, for, a, word from, for a word from someone they value as a spiritual leader, and that's fine. I want to hear from godly people. But through Jesus Christ, in these last days, that's who God spoke to us through. And he's given us 
that in his word. We've got it right here. We've got the answer to the world's problems. And it doesn't fix the world. It doesn't change the way the world's going. But it sure fixes people. It sure changes people. We need to hold on to those promises. And in these last days, we see this falling away. We see our nation on the brink of just destruction. God can still change people. God will still change people. God still wants to change people. You say, well, I've been involved in all this stuff. This is me, scripturally. I've been these things. Me too. I've, I've, I'm a product of a, of a messed up home. I've not led my home like I needed to. I can't regain my home. I know the man that's got all the answers. He's got a prescription for every problem. He's the great physician. I thank you for your time today. Like I said, there's some hope in there. 